audio. Hi, my name is Mark Houston, and welcome to this week's edition of My First Concert. Today, I'm talking with a personality, one of the biggest personalities I think I have ever known. I'm jealous of people like Brandon Jones, not for his talent and what we'll be talking about, but for his ability to walk into a room and have everybody in the palm of his hand. He's charismatic. He's funny. He's just a larger than life personality. And it comes through in in almost everything he does. And you'll really hear it come out in this podcast. Brandon Jones has cultivated quite a following around this area with his band, his self-titled band, Brandon Jones. And he's come a long way in about 12 years from where it first started to flying down to Nashville to record an album and to produce singles that have been played on the radio. And he's just a really wonderful guy to sit down and talk with, as you'll soon hear. So I'm very happy to welcome to my first concert, Brandon Jones. Hey, thanks for having me in here. I've uh, I've I've gotten to know you over the over the years now because, well, you we, we work in the same building, yeah, <laughs> same room a lot yeah. of the times, yeah. Um, but I don't know really how much I know about you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So let's go. Let's just let's go back to the beginning. Okay. Where it all started for you. Are you are you from here? Where where did you grow a, it up? It was a wet beginning. No. Uh, <laughs> Great. No, Perfect. No. Let me hold on, let me check that e box on this uh, podcast yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. I am born and raised in Rapid City. Were you really? Okay. I was born at the hospital well, that's back good. when it now it's the psych ward or whatever <laughs> over in the gap. <laughs> I don't know if it immediately changed after <laughs> I was born. Coincidence or not. But that's where that's where I was born. Uh Spent most of my time in Rapid Valley, Box Elder, uh, kind of living in that side of town. Uh-huh. Went to Rapid Valley Elementary, went to Dakota Middle School. Was supposed to go to Central, but I went to my ninth grade year, was at Ninth Grade Academy, which was is now, I think, the, like the alternative school that they have at Dakota. It's called Rapid City High or something. And... Uh, and it was then it was in the old JDC, right by the, you know where the monument is, the new building, right. and they're going to tear that building down yep. and possibly make a parking lot or something. That's where my ninth grade year was spent. Oh, wow. Jail sales. We had we had the <laughs> class, and then every once in a while we'd go walk uh, and take a tour of the, the old JDC jail sales cells, and- our gym class, we'd walk by them. I mean, that's the kind of school I went to. It was really cool. So from a from from a psych ward to a JDC. Yeah. To, I'm, I'm surprised you've it's ended up this well adjusted, Brandon, but, honestly. Well, I was I was not too hip into education. You know? I <laughs> who is what sucked business? Is, looking back as an adult now, I'm like, you know, I, I was always pretty smart, very uh quick-witted the teachers seen the potential in me Mm -hmm. but i didn't care (laughs) like i just didn't care well do you you have brothers and sisters i do okay but they're eight and ten years older than me so it was kind of like you're the uh, baby they were kind of like almost like uncles they're brothers and now we're we're brothers and stuff but then you know i didn't have that like my brother a year older or two years Mm -hmm. older kind of thing i didn't have that um i was more like the annoying kid and uh so anyways, then I finished high school out of Douglas, graduated. And Man, you went all over around here. That yeah. How did you end up out at Douglas? That's when my family moved from Rapid Valley. My mom had kind of 
she quit her job. She didn't like how she was being treated, quit her job. And we just kind of reassessed life and moved out to a trailer that my dad had owned out in Box Elder and, and lived in that. And, uh, it, it really, I did a lot. I did a lot of growing up. Obviously you grow up, but it's mm-hmm. like my maturity and just life lessons and things like that really started coming to fruition that about seventh, eighth grade year on, and when I moved out to Douglas, had a girlfriend and really found a good group of friends. I had a great group of friends growing up in Rapid too, but like just people that I, I don't know, maybe kind of shaped me to a little bit more of who I am. I was a class clown. I had to do, <laughs> I had to do a lot of my sophomore year again, uh, my senior year, <laughs> while everybody else was having a half day. I had a full year, a full, you know thing a full day of classes well it's not be it's not because you weren't smart enough to do it you like you said is it well, is it just because you didn't care i didn't care and when i switched schools it was my first time ever mm-hmm. like switching schools i mean well that's hard for anybody right yeah, and i felt like i had to make an impression and and uh i guess and, and <laughs> so i didn't do it academically and i right. didn't, i was an athlete but the co i the coach always got mad because i didn't play sports in high school, I'd rather work, and I just was the class clown and made myself known by making jokes. And then so my junior and senior year, I had to work my butt off just to get my GPA up in order to graduate. So you, it, at this point, when you were changing schools, apparently attending everyone here in, in western <laughs> South Dakota, you, uh, you, uh, you, you weren't musically inclined at that point, were you? So, like, back then, I, I, I wasn't at all. My parents had bought me a guitar— um, I, I was kind of self-taught on it, but you know, this is, this is back in the day when YouTube and stuff like that wasn't really quite mm-hmm. a thing. So lessons were out of a book still, you know, that kind I, again, just didn't apply myself. <laughs> uh, and, uh, so I didn't really musically learn anything. It was really stupid of me in middle school and choir and stuff like that. The, the music teachers would always push me, Miss Kenner and Mrs. Brandt and would push me to, to do lead roles. And I was super shy um to to do serious stuff right like i could stand up and make a joke and be fun in front of everybody but they're like okay brandon we want you to take we can hear you singing in the group and you're really good and we want you to sing this lead part in in the play and i'm like oh hell no no and they're like come on you can do it i'm like it won't happen i was just way too shy Mm -hmm. to be serious like that i couldn't do it and so that was middle school and you had to take choir high school you don't have to do and I didn't. And I really regret that because it's like, that's a lot of free training, whether it been choir or mm-hmm. whether it be band or any music, any anything, nothing. I took nothing. But I did fantasize about being a musician. <laughs> and I would spend most of my nights by myself in my bedroom singing endlessly songs, hours upon hours. And Closing my eyes and pretending like I'm at a show, or how am I going to act? What? How am I going to move? I'm I'm recording songs off the radio. I'm ripping your show off on the radio <laughs> <laughs> to to like to listen to the songs on cassette over and over again and make sure I learn these words back to and I oh I got and I'm I'm trying to hit the the vocal parts perfectly and what are my you know all those things like I really broke it down all by myself in my bedroom. I thought nobody had a clue that I was singing, you know, I was in my own little world and wouldn't share it with anyone. I barely sang in front of my girlfriend in high school, you know, and that was just, you know, for other reasons. I just, I I think it's really interesting that you would have stood up in front of a group of people to make them laugh 
But when it comes to being serious or singing in that yeah. sense, it was really just hard. Ha- having to know you now, yeah. I'm really surprised by that. It, it was it was all weird. I mean, I carried that nervousness into my adulthood. I mean, I I still wouldn't sing. I mean, I bet you until I was married, maybe not quite married, but but like dating my first wife, like 21, 22, mm-hmm. I hadn't sang in front of maybe 10 people. I, you know, like they didn't, nobody knew I could sing. I wasn't even sure if I could sing because you sing in front of your, your parents or at church or you sing in front of your girlfriend. They're like, you're really good. Well, they're going to say that. You're no supposed what. to say that. So I could, I didn't really think, I'm like, I don't know. I'm sure I can sing ish. You know, I mean, a lot of people can kind of sing, but, but I really did have that passion to do it. I just never told anybody, you know, and didn't want to actually follow through with it. I was scared to death of doing something <laughs> like that. Um, so then after high school, uh, what did you, what, what was your plan when you were in high school and you're in your bedroom singing into the hairbrush and the mirror? I yeah. mean, what was your, what was your plan after high school? I was going to, I idolized my dad mm-hmm. and I was just going to be a mechanic. I'm like, I'm going to work on cars. I'm going to work on trucks, maybe drive trucks. Maybe, I don't know. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a mechanic. And I thought for sure when I, I worked at Courtesy Subaru, um, which was owned by my family, my late uncle managed it and and his wife and her family owned it. And so it was kind of the end. I thought, you know, I'm just going to spend the rest of my life wrenching on Subarus. And at the time it was uh, Subaru Lincoln and Mercury. So I was like, this is just, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be wearing a mechanics outfit for the rest of my life. And that's it, you know, and that's why I really didn't pay too much attention to computers in school. It's another, <laughs> this is my foresight. wasn't very good then because I'm like, look, I remember these words coming out of my mouth in high school. Look, teach, I'm going to be a mechanic. I really don't need to work on these computers that much. I'm just going to go turn wrenches on cars. Okay. And she was like, let me know how that works out for you. Every car needs a computer. <laughs> Everyone, I'm a now. dumbass is what that comes down to. I'm a dumbass. But anyway, yeah. So that was that. I mean, I really thought that's all I was going to do. And for a while, I quit the summer out of high school from courtesy, started working on trucks. Uh, and then that's really it. I worked on trucks for a long time or had to something to do with semis, mm-hmm. whether it be selling them, working on them um driving them that's pretty much what i did Uh, i mean i ventured to be an emt for a couple of years i worked at our local detox here in rapid sure and then worked at the block plant until i came here but then in the back of your mind you still have that desire that you want to oh yeah stand up on stage with a band and sing then well in the more i got to know you know closer with my first wife and we were still dating it i'd sing her sing to her in the car and She's like, you're a really good singer. Yeah, okay. And then she got me, I think I had like an acoustic cheap Fender guitar that she bought me with a DVD to watch. (laughs) And uh, and I played that quite a bit. And it got to be where like I'd kind of play it. So you self-taught yourself the guitar? Uh Uh-huh. Mostly? Yes. Yep. I actually took some guitar lessons about four times from Brandon Sprague, okay. who I often get misplaced with. Uh, There is an (laughs) obvious difference. He's extremely talented on the guitar. I'm not. <laughs> and uh, I mean, other than the first name thing, you know, he's pretty good looking. So am I. But yeah, you know, <laughs> I, no. it's, it's, it's a cross you bear. Yeah. 
But anyway, but uh, so she bought me a guitar. I mean, long story short, I play, tried to play it, got to where I was playing in front of some people, like at the house, but not really, you know, mm-hmm. I barely knew the guitar. So again, it was almost like I was making joke songs. It wasn't like the, one of the songs I wrote was my <laughs> wife had gotten me a vasectomy after we had two kids. And so it's like, my wife signed me up for a vasectomy, you know, <laughs> stupid shit like that. Now my manhood's going to take a back seat. And so, but I it was still struggling to be serious, mm-hmm. like to sh- sing a real, like a love song or anything. Sure, well, true emotion. I you, couldn't do you it. You didn't. Yeah, I can see that 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 vulnerability is scary. It is. You know, in in any in in the music business in general. Um, you know, even now you're kind of learning that too a little bit uh, on the radio. You know, yeah. you. You want to come out and be sincere and genuine, but then you're like, man, what are people going to think? Yeah. If I tell this story about something that's not funny, yeah, you know, then what, then then what's exactly what's are, their opinion going to be? What's it going? Yeah, how are they going to perceive me? Well, then how did you fight through me. that? Well, I think it was a slow process. The the old wife signed me up for some karaoke. We'd be at a bar. There'd be karaoke, and deep down inside. At first, I was deathly afraid, so I'd be like, do not sign me up. Mm-hmm. After she signed me up a few times, all of a sudden, I get to the point where I'm like, God, I hope she signs me up, <laughs> but I don't want to do it, you know? And so she'd, she signed me up, and she started signing me up for really sucky songs, and then finally, I'm like, look, if you're going to sign me up, sign me up for these songs, you know? The, these are the ones I want to sing, because I'm like going up there, and then the DJ's picking songs, right. and I'm having to sing Nickelback. You're doing Mariah Carey and or, TLC and yes, Nickelback. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot, I like Big Butts, has followed me <laughs> since high school because it was funny, it was joking, mm-hmm. you know, and me and my buddy BJ Brander back in like the fifth grade learned that song front to back, and then, so I've, I've just always kind of known it, you know? Right. And then all of a sudden here I am at karaoke singing, I like Big Butts <laughs> and I cannot lie, you know, and 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 so... That a little bit of the goofiness there kind of helped me break that little bit of a shell, but still, like being like alone singing a song, not karaoke, didn't come out until I got signed up for the Texaco Country Showdown, which was you know through a radio station, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's kind of where things changed. That's where it went from fantasy in high school of actually being on stage and and singing and that that holding that hairbrush kind of situation or it was the remote to my radio and I swear to god <laughs> and uh to to like a oh oh shit like I might be able to actually do this like I want to do this I will whatever it takes I'm doing this moment was uh you could still it's a YouTube video it's a, it's Brandon Jones sings Old Red and at the time, I thought I killed it. Now, when I look back at it, the timing's all off. It was like it was horrible. But I, uh, my old wife, bought me a guitar, and it was an acoustic electric. Mm-hmm. And so, at the time, I probably knew three songs. I knew "Old Red," I knew "A Horse with No Name," and "Every Rose Has Its Thorn." Oh wow! And that's about it. Little eclectic. Yeah, just that was like because they were like the easy. You YouTube it. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's a song that says two chords, three chords, and they're easy chords, not bar chords, nothing weird. And I'm like, okay, cool, cool. And so I got up and sang Old Red, and like the crowd was into it. The, it was at the Loud American. The bar was completely packed, and it was just, I was like, okay, I, I think I can do this. Like, I, I think this is the moment in life where, like, I, I, I remember making that change, like, I'm going to do this. Well, do you remember the moment when they said your name 
and you had the guitar around your neck and you stepped in front of the microphone. Yeah. Do you remember what was kind of going through your mind or the feeling that you had? Yeah. Were, were the nerves there? Were, were you like, well, now I have to be vulnerable? Well, yeah. It was, uh, I mean, I had done a couple of rounds of it, but I had almost choked. Mm-hmm. And I had done like Black Hills Idol before that, and it was a cappella, also choked. I mean, I, not 100% choke, but like I didn't make it through, and I knew I was better than that. Um, so, but when I got to that point, I was kind of, I had already had that failure and stuff and I'm like, okay, like just go up there and do it. And so what if they don't like it? It's my family, it's my friends around and this bar is full of people I don't even freaking know. So who cares if I suck and everything goes wrong, whatever your biggest fear is, so what Mm -hmm. was my, so what, just go do it. You'll find out where you're at in life. You know what I mean? And like, this is it, you know, do or die. And so I can remember being there. I didn't even have a guitar strap. So I had to sit down on a bar stool. And I remember like my leg was shaking so bad. That's probably why my timing was off. (laughs) I was shaking. I couldn't hear shit. I mean, I could hear it, but I was so scared mentally. Mm -hmm. I was like, (laughs) you know, like, oh gosh, you know, uh, I've got me with another man, whatever the first words are. And I can remember just, just like get going and just, just let it happen. And, and it, it was scary. And I can remember getting done and being like, like shaking still. Cause it's that nerves. You're mm-hmm. so vulnerable. You open up and you're in, and I truly feel this way to this day is like, in order for somebody to really feel a song that you're playing, whether it's something you wrote, it's a cover, it doesn't really matter, but there's emotions. It's art. It's something somebody created, it's something you're portraying, you're showing them this. And so for them to feel it, what you feel when you sing this, you really have to be vulnerable and open yourself up and put they can hear that. Mm-hmm. They can feel the emotion in your voice. And if you can't do that, then you're just an okay singer singing a song and it's okay. And people are like, hey, okay. Sure. But there's a difference between that and being able to say, you know, I caught my wife with another man and people believing that. And or and the warden saying, come on, somebody, you know, and people feeling those words in that song. And 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 I and I think that's when I was like, OK, I think this is where I'm supposed to be, because honestly, I was just kind of wandering about the EMT, the mechanic the sales. I don't really know what the frick I want to do. Two kids and my father and my husband. Shit, I don't know. You know, I'm just like, (laughs) I don't really know what I'm supposed to do in life. I've got nothing. I have ambition. I have desire. Where do I put it? I don't know. And I didn't until I did that. So after you were done, uh, how how long was it until you decided, you know what? I'm I'm getting a band. I'm going to I'm going to get some guys. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to just give it a shot. So the funny thing is, is actually, it's funny because that, that night I get off stage and I think I had to sing another song. I got up and sang Josh Turner to a track, uh, mm-hmm. Fire, My Little Darling's a Firecracker. Right. And uh, I sang that song, but in between the songs, so it was after Old Red, a friend of mine, she works up in Sturgis and she was a, a huge part of me having a band came up to me and she goes, I'm engaged, I'm getting married, and you're playing at my wedding. I said, hold it, <laughs> hold it, stop I've done the bus. two songs, lady. <laughs> look, you've heard most of my repertoire, right. uh, so I don't have any, I don't have it. She goes, we're not getting married for a while, we'll wait, and you're playing at my wedding. I love your voice, I love who you are, your personality, and you're playing at my wedding. 
And I'm like, look, honestly, here you know, we swapped information. I'm like, we could talk about this later, but it's mm-hmm. like, honestly, I don't even, I don't have shit. Like, I showed you everything I got, so <laughs> I don't know. And she's like, no, it's going to happen. Figure it out. Like, essentially, get your stuff together and get ready to play at my wedding. We're waiting for you, so hurry up. <laughs> wow. And I was like, uh. So we went to, like, a family thing, a family function, and I'm sitting there, you know, the cat's kind of out of the bag. People know I can sing and play this guitar. So I'm at my family thing, sharing all the songs I know. And uh, and everybody's entertained. And my cousin, Tate, uh, played with Fountain Springs and knew a bunch of guys that played in the band there. And there was another guy there that really loved country music. And so he's like, dude, you need to, you need to know Justin. Justin can play everything on the guitar, blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden, I get this text message from Justin. Hey, what are you doing right now? I'm like, I'm sitting at home about to put the kids to bed. You know, it's nice to meet you. He's like, cool, I'm on my way over. Is it cool if I come over? <laughs> I'm like, what? Um, I don't I don't know. Literally, dude just kind of, he was kind of pushy, but not really. But he came over, and we sat out in my garage, and do you know this song? Do you know this song? And I knew all of them because I had been singing in my bedroom for years. I've been right. sing- still to that day as an adult. My favorite pastime was if the kids are better, parents are, my wife is gone, everybody's gone. I'm just going to crank the radio and sing. And, and so that was still a thing I did. It was like my alone, my thing that I didn't share with anybody. So I'm like, hell yeah, I know all these songs, you know, blah, 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 blah. Went through, he's like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to put some people together. We're going to, we're going to build a band and we're going to go. We need to think of a band name. I'm like, hi, my name's Brandon. Uh, your name, you know, and he was, but it was about that quick. Uh, and then it was really, it was about 10 years ago in March that we, I came, we came up with the band name Thirsty Fish. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, and people think it has to do with drinking, but it's more to do with the fact of that was me. I was the thirsty fish. I was, you know, it doesn't make any sense. A thirsty fish. They're sitting in water. Right. And that was just like me. I had everything I needed around me. Everything. Just like a fish in water. I'm not thirsty. I had everything. I had wife. I had kids. I had jobs. I had everything going on. But I wanted more. Mm-hmm. There was more. I knew there was more to life. And that's what my thirsty fish was. And so we started the band and. Played our first show thanks to that gal who wanted me to play at her wedding. She worked at the VFW in Sturgis, and she also worked at uh, the Side Hack in Sturgis. So we played at those two places, and the the full band was nobody was really into country, but me and Justin, and uh, and so we did a, like almost a full year of that before the band dissolved. But in that year, I was playing at Joe's place, and that's where I really started building a, a fan base. It was just acoustic, mm-hmm. and it just kind of grew from there. So is is has country music always been part of your life? Um, yeah, I've always liked. I mean, I've I've liked all music. I went through like I was really thick into like Metallica and mm-hmm. rock for a long time. Um, I pretty much love everything. The only thing like too heavy metal or like rap, I, I don't I don't mind it. I like the beat and everything, but it, I want to sing something, right? And then. I guess the way I, the way I talk, the way things come out of my mouth, no matter what I sing, everyone's like, "That's a really nice country version of that song." <laughs> I'm like, "Well, it wasn't intending wasn't, it to be country, to be. <laughs> but okay, you know." But uh, so you know, so I, I guess it just kind of found me. I mean, I do love country music, mm-hmm. and I uh, look up to it, and but I, I mean, I like all music. But. Well, you've uh, you now have you've had albums, you've yep. had singles, yep, uh, and you're still you know is that still something that uh, 
really kind of drives you in this is writing those songs. Yeah. And getting into a studio, going down to Nashville, that sort of deal, yeah. and, and, yeah, and working with the big dogs. It's still, it blows my mind because I went from being that shy kid singing mm-hmm. to his remote in the bedroom to the, the competition to all of a sudden having a band. So even when I started the band thinking, hey, if I could play at Sally O'Malley's in the Valley and not have to pay for my bar tab, how freaking <laughs> cool would that be to to playing at Joe's to to over like over capacity places in town to traveling to now Nashville with an album and a song we just released our music video for our latest single picture, mm-hmm. you know, to all those things. It blows my mind to look back and be like, holy crap i was too scared to share this with anybody a long time you know right 10 11 years ago nobody even knew i could sing right you know and you're you're still young enough where you i mean this has it seems like maybe it's really just beginning although you've been grinding at it yeah for as long as you have do you get do you kind of feel that way too do you kind of yeah. feel like there's momentum behind what you're doing i hope so yeah it always every time i feel like there's a step of growth i in the band we talk about this sometimes it's like because it feels it feels like it ain't fast enough mm-hmm. but then when you look back you're like holy cow i've really come a, a long ways in a short amount of time and but it just it, the grind and it feel like there's different levels like you're like okay we're out of this level here where we're playing at this venue, this bar, whatever. And now we're at this level and now we're at this level. And, and every level you feel like you're like, we've, this is it. This is, we're going, right. I've got the way. And then you're like, crap, we got to get through this. It's the same. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's the same thing, but on a grander scale. It's like the longest damn video game you've ever yes, played. Exactly. Right there. You're like, are we ever going to get to the, are there cheat codes? You know, is there any way we can go? But yes, it's, it's, it seems like it, you know, and, I always base ourselves like looking at Chancey Williams in those mm-hmm. cases. Those guys are on a totally different level than us. Right. So, and they've, well, I've been able to be behind them, watching them grow and kind of, you know, we've got shows because they moved past those shows and now those are our shows and, you know, and that kind of thing. And now we're at a barrier where it's like we're trying to transition from, oh, just that cover band to like, oh, they have originals to, you know, making that more of a thing and, you know, obviously we dropped the thirsty fish and went with just Brandon Jones when we signed on with Home Slice right. and and all those things. And so making that transition, COVID didn't help. We mm-hmm. had a lot of steam built up, and I felt like we were getting asked to play a lot of bigger shows and good things. And then COVID hit, and I feel like it almost set us back three years of build. Like we have to start kind of over again. Right. We're playing those old shows again, having to do those things again to build ourselves back up. What's the, uh, what's the, what's the, the, the most fun, uh, venue or show you've played? Do you have one that comes to mind kind of specifically? Boy, it's, it's hard to narrow it down because there's a lot of really good venues out there. A lot mm-hmm. of really good shows. And I think it, you know, it doesn't matter so much where, um, but like there's situations where all of a sudden, everybody showed up could have been us it could have been a coincidence maybe it was because somebody shoot there was one time we played at the old buck and gator on the other side of town which is which was then it called something else and then now it's closed but um but we're playing there to nobody like there's 10 people in that bar and we're like this is a lame night all of a sudden a party bus shows up and the funny thing about it is the dude that showed up in that party bus, it was, I think, his wife's birthday, works in this building that we're working in. Anyway, shows up, 
And I mean, like packed the bar with people. Other people start showing up because they see a party. I don't know how the work mm-hmm. got out. All of a sudden, the bar is packed. They're yelling, singing back at us the songs that we're singing so loud. I can't even hear myself singing. It's coming through my microphone because they're yelling at us so loud. And there we were. You know, in this little, you know, the bucking gator mm-hmm. sitting there, there were still some bikers at the bar and, you know, <laughs> they're like, what the hell's going on? And it, it was just, you know, so you have shows like that. I mean, that are amazing. We opened for Jordan Davis at the Grizzly Rose one time, two nights in a row, and it was sold out both nights and they're right up at the stage. And, you know, you just, it's wild, uh, I think back to when we opened up for like Clint Black at Wild Bill Days. Right. I don't even know how many people because it's Deadwood from, you know, Mustang Sally's all the way up the hill of thousands right. of people. And, you know, they're they're all waving and cheering at you. And you're like, you lose. It just looks like, you know, dots in the distance. Right. And it's just w- wild. You know, how, how would you describe that? feeling to somebody that doesn't stand on stage to that adoration is there is there any comparable feeling that people that don't do it i mean would get i don't know i suppose like uh in meeting people and talking with people i think it would be comparable to say if somebody drove a race car you know what i mean and and you win that race Mm -hmm. you know you you come around that turn four and you're hitting that checkered flag and you're the one that you everything you've got you just put it out there and there you are, and everyone's cheering for you. Or a football player, a baseball player, something walking up, and everyone's cheering for you. You know that that, and it's a good thing. Uh, that 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 feeling of just like yes. So if if I uh, if I get all of my production done today, mm-hmm. is that a similar feeling? Yeah, to you being <laughs> exactly <laughs> very similar. Yes. <laughs> once I once I get this podcast all done and put together and edited, is that the yeah. same? Am I going to get that pretty close? <laughs> That's the difference. But but it's that it's that feeling, you know, when you when you when you uh, when you succeed. Probably like when you won your Addy Award for whiskey at work. You oh, know? you know That's when they when they sure. called your name and I mean, you're like, thanks for that name dropping. That I appreciate yes, that. But yes, but, yeah. <laughs> but but like you know, you put in a lot it does of hard feel work. Good. Yes. you put in a lot of time and. Effort and you're like, holy crap! Somebody noticed, right? Thank you, right? And so it's in it's, your case, it's hundreds or thousands of people. It, you get right. the instant. Yeah. Yes, we're like on radio or a podcast. You don't know we're two mm-hmm. weirdos talking in a room right now, <laughs> but like you know, in in once you're out in public on a stage, it's instant. Yeah, you know? it's got to be incredible. It has to be very. cool. It is an amazing feeling. Okay, so uh, you know the point of this podcast is, and you, and you've and usually now over the the these that I've been doing with people, just in the general conversation I'm having, the the point of this podcast kind of comes out already. Mm-hmm. You know, and the whole thing was this for this was because when you talk to people in the music industry, it always the conversation always tends to come around to, man, what was? Do you remember that? Why you know when you did this or when you saw that one show yeah. or you heard that one song or you yeah. know. And and so do you do you have a moment like that? Do you I have do. I do and I and I think it really did it it probably was one of the original reasons I started singing in my bedroom is when I was younger my parents had split up and uh which is how my dad had that trailer house in Box Elder and so me and my mom were just hanging out, my brothers were older, they were kind of doing their thing and and my mom took me to a concert at what is now the monument was a civic center in the Don Barnett Arena. And it was, um, oh, why can't I think of his name right now? 
We had a midnight headlight on you. Oh, you're night. thinking of Eddie Rabbit. Yes, Eddie Rabbit. Yes. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> so my mom takes me to Eddie Rabbit. And at the time, like this what is a I'm great a, show. I'm honey. a little kid. Sure. And I'm into like MC Hammer and like Vanilla Ice. And I'm like, whatever, mom, let's go to this rabbit dude, you know. But I can remember as soon as he started singing and it was a great show. That's what kind of ch- I was like, I want to do that, you know. But I just never told anybody. But I, I was like, I want to do that. I remember going home that night and listening to more Eddie Rabbit and like freaking out. I being in my bedroom singing. My, you know, parents happened to listen to it. There was that moment I'm singing in my bedroom in that trailer house, and I didn't think anybody could hear me because my parents' bedroom was on the other end. But you're in a trailer house. Every, yeah, everybody. I didn't know that at the time, and so my dad opens the door and says, "Hey, son, it's time to go to bed." And I about, you know, shit my pants because I was like, I thought nobody was listening. So, I mean, it, it all kind of started right there with Eddie Rabbit. And what a great, I mean, that's in that song. I mean, what, a, what an icon to see, really. I mean, yeah. you know, a 70s through 80s country music legend. Yeah. He was on know. his, end, you know, the tail end. Mm-hmm. And I, it was like a half show. I can remember that. He was set up playing to only one side of the Don Barnett arena and we had decent enough seats. We were still up into the, what would be the balcony or the, the second level up there. But you know, so, uh, and I used to share that story on stage right before playing man, a midnight headlight, you know, because I would say mom this is my mom's fault. She's the one that took me to this concert and got me hooked on music. And, and that's why you're hearing Eddie Rabbit, and people. This, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, what would you, what ideally, how does this all end for you? I mean, what's... Yeah. I don't know. I didn't really have a plan when I started. <laughs> and uh, my buddy Mike that used to be in the band, he's like, well, let's just let's just push like hell and ride it till the wheels fall off. And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. You know, because I, I don't know. Because the music industry is so weird now. Mm-hmm. It's so... There's no like, you made it. Or there's no right. like, there you go. I mean, my, I guess my highest would be Garth Brooks level, right? I'll never reach that. And maybe I will. I don't know. But, you know, if I don't, I'm not mad at myself. But I just know there was a point in my life where even the band was started, music had played, and I was like, I need to either quit this band or and quit this band and work on family, or I need to pursue it farther. And I remember thinking, by the time I get to 50, I'm going to be so pissed if I don't try. Right. But I, if I get to 50 and I've gone nowhere, at least I'll know I tried mm-hmm. rather than being there going, who knows, man? Who knows, right? At least at 50, if I've tried, I'll be like, well, I, I tried. I didn't make it. Maybe could have done some things different. I don't know. But I gave it an effort and I know where I'm at. And it's interesting, though, that you say, you know, reaching like a Garth Brooks level and it just it just popped into my head. You know, he's standing there in front of 15, 20, 25,000 people. Yeah. And I bet you that feeling he has yeah. is exactly the same that you have. Yeah. When you're standing in front of 2,000 people. It's, you know, so in that sense, you've done just what he's done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You've got the same inside. You're yeah. like, oh my God, that's amazing. It, it's an amazing feeling that takes over you. Right. You don't even know. Uh, you get done with the show and you walk off stage and I, you, oftentimes I'll look at the band and be like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> Did we do that? Do we make any mistakes? It doesn't even matter. Nobody knew. Like we just, oh, that was awesome. 
it just takes over you. It's awesome. Well, Brandon, man, this has been fun talking to you, buddy. Thanks. I mean, it's been uh, it's been enlightening. You know, like I said, your personality, I think, would have succeeded in anything you did. You know, mm-hmm. you're just you're. You, you're just one of those guys that people will, will, will always kind of be drawn to. You know, yeah. you can go someplace, start talking, insert yourself into a conversation. Nobody's going to be like, well, who's this big dummy? I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. They're going to be like, you're hilarious and a decent guy, and I want to see what you're doing. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad you, you work here because, you Thank know, you. You, make, you make what we do better as well. Well, it's a lot of fun. Do you like being on the radio? I do. Okay, good. It's, it's probably Phew. it's one of the easier easiest things because it just fits okay, my I personality. I didn't know if that was what I wanted to hear. That well, it's so easy. I, it's not sure. easy like that. I mean it like as in I, I just have to go be myself. Yes, that's it. And I think I that's just, that's that's going to pay off for you no matter what. You yep. know, it's amazing. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate Thank talking you. to you, man. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of My First Concert. I am Mark Houston. I am the host and producer of the show. It's engineered by Chris Jaquez, and all the audio and visual work is done by our own Russ Haddon. My First Concert is on the Home Slice Audio Network, and if you like what you heard, a great review is always appreciated.